0: I think it's because you muffled it with your hand, and then this will sound better. Watch. Oh, will it's it? Like, yeah. Well, to be fair, this could be the fizziness
1: in the in the lager, the can. Mm. It might be the contents of the can letting us down. Yeah. Camden yeah. Hells.
0: Yeah. The quality beer. I love it. Quite, it is. I tell you what, the bottled Camden is good. But um, I, I, I don't think I've ever tried the can, so.
1: Do you think that bottled beer tastes better than canned beer? Because I think it does. It's fucking definitely. Stella. Oh, fuck, no, nah, I'm not... Drink a can
0: of Stella, it tastes like like rat's arsehole, right? And then you drink a bottle of Stella and it actually tastes like nectar. Is
1: that what you're going to have tomorrow night? At the barbie- at the uh, bonfire?
0: Oh, could do, couldn't
1: I? Just get leery.
0: Yeah, just like, like glassing my missus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, before we start, yeah. Um, so Ricky Gervais liked one of Carousel Sniper Victims' tweets mm. last week, was it? Or I the th- week before? I think so, yeah. And... Uh, I suppose, coincidentally, he liked uh, a tweet that part of a conversation I was having with Lily. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It is a bit weird. Both of our podcasts, Gervais seems
0: one to... One-one. Between Carousel's counsel, th- not hyper victim in us.
1: <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> We're equalised <Yeah>. quite quickly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what? what how, can, how can... Is he just like mad? He must just be mad prolific
0: on Twitter. Well, uh, I think he's known for that, but... Uh, Will it? I always think as well. Is it just him on his Twitter? Does he have like a little team? And when something props up with something that he's linked to, he just, they click on it and just go thumbs up or whatever, or you know, yeah. But, o-
1: always part of the crew. He's yeah. a secret
0: listener to the snipers. I, re- <laughs> I reckon he is. If he is, maybe he should <laughs> drop us like a random like fucking word. Yeah, hit us up. Hit. It. Come at your bros, if, man. If you are listening to us, Ricky, <laughs> fair play. Um, just I don't know. Just write a random word like cunt or fuck it to I, us I and bet see he, what happens. I bet he's not listening. He just he, like he just must be so involved. Yeah, well, he's gonna have about a billion messages a second. How does
1: he? Yeah, is that what I mean? What are the chances of having somebody has like nearly fourteen million followers, like in two?
0: You know, ob- yeah, yeah. obscure-ish podcasts. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it'll just, it's just constant, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. Hey, I bet you when he. W- <laughs> But he's just got like a phone or an iPad for it and it just literally, it's just going <laughs> with information all the time. People liking things and messaging him. Yeah, you would have to turn all sorts, notifications yeah. off because it would drive me mad, that would.
1: We, uh, he won't be coming through to his phone. Well, like, he can't be coming through to his phone because it'd just be
0: constantly He'd probably have his own like fucking social media like yeah. pad thing. Twi- just, Twitter phone. Yeah, Twitter phone. Special Twitter phone made by Twitter. I need to do a shout out to Bitter Almond's podcast.
1: So if you want some, tr- a few people have been saying they want us to... Get down to some nitty-gritty murders, which yeah. we're going to get to in the next couple of weeks. Mm. But if you want some true kind, get on to Bitter Almonds. Yeah, man. Get them in your life. You know, no one likes
0: a Bitter Almond, but the podcast, they love it. <laughs> so, shout outs. Yeah. So, Owen James. Owen James, oh yes, and a good <laughs> conversation with Owen James, yes, a, br- a brief one, a, br- a brief one, which lasted a long time. In my, but to be honest, Owen, you you've been like selected by me because yeah, because yeah. I don't literally, I n- never talk to anyone on it because it usually drives me mad because I'm really slow at all all the stuff, or when I get close to the end, I press delete by accident and it's all gone, and then I just want to throw my phone like 18 miles. I like, you know, it's like a Stephen Backley sort of throw, like like fucking. All the way across the world, just fuck it off, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, it was a, a nice conversation, and you had you had some good ideas. I think China is a good one to talk about. We, we were talking about it, saying maybe you should do an episode on China. It's not a bad idea, B- a bit, big subject. Big China. subject. <laughs> yeah, the whole of China. No, we're, 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 it's just mental that place. I yeah. mean, I, I, I said um, to I said to Owen about. Um, you know, have I spoken to him before? I don't know. Might have done. I can't remember. I, I don't know. We I mean, don't know. It's <laughs> like the only bit of conversation I've actually done on it, right? Yeah, not. that was. Bit,
1: I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we missed because he miss, he messaged us and we missed. Um, we missed it somehow. Just one of them things. But he managed to get hold of the elusive Rob. Yeah, yeah. You should feel
0: privileged, son. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so <laughs> sorry, mate. There's your shout out, <laughs> Jonathan Boggins or Boggis. Sorry, Boggis. Boggis, yeah, from Wills. I was just he's he. What's his job? Do you know what, what? What? We need to go back to Owen and think of a job for him, don't we? Oh, go on then. Yeah. What was his, what, Owen, Owen James? James. Yeah. Owen James. He he does sound like featuring Owen James. You know what I mean? Like like a proper movie star. That's what he sounds like to me. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. Who's this bogey person? <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Bogey. Jonathan Bogey boy. He's a bogey monster. Uh, Gilbert Pilbrow Pill Brow, yeah. That man hides pills in his brow. <laughs> he's the one man, right? He's the drug that he's got a unique tactic of selling drugs. Basically, everyone's got their secret place it's to hide stuff. He goes, the police go come to his house. He's like, shit, dash the shit, and he's like, no, put it in my eyebrow. He's yeah, got mad bushy eyebrows. Yeah, you can hide the pills in there. Louise Wright. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say she's been on a pub quiz and she gets all the questions wrong. Just to be ironic with the name, right? Wrong.
1: Okay. So, I mean, fair enough. Hit no us, job, just, just
0: a qui- mate, quiz master. There you go, but not <laughs> a master because you lose. Simon Ricketts. Simon Ricketts. Um, I'm going to say he's a tennis player. Could well be. Simon bro. Ricketts. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. I know Matt Rose. I thought you knew Matt Rose. I know you, son. I haven't seen you in a while. I know you, though. <laughs>
1: he's watching you.
0: <laughs> David, <laughs> David Williams. David Williams. Yeah. Um Truck driver. Leanne Conroy. Truck driver.
1: <laughs> Alexander Norman.
0: Oh, he's got to be like some sort of um, like buffing, like um, science buffing on the uh, agriculture cult- agi- of the <laughs> wild left-legged animal called so- the spider left leg animal.
1: He sounds like a film critic to me. Does he? Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Kenny Hudson. Kenny Hudson. Um, that was a very sniper Scratch out that word. Was. was it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Quick smoke. Um, what was, so what was his name again? Kelly Hudson. Uh, Not Kate. Ke- 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 she's a transvestite then, apparently. Yeah, yeah. transvestite. <laughs> Ian White. Ian White. Yeah, he's a dickhead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Kate and Ruth. Kate and Ruth. Off of uh, of of Stu Pearson fame. I what? What? We. we don't have to give them a job. We yeah, know who they are. We,
0: we know who you are. So
1: um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Hello accept that. To <laughs> <laughs> so get us all our
0: details, we can't bother to go through them all. rise at gmail dot com. Whatever, it's there. and then just type us in well you don't even have to type us in Google now. Just type it in on your phone. Or oh, you've got like an iPhone that is. And Jonathan, I haven't sent you your stickers yet you're such a dickhead I'm I? sorry not, not Jonathan, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will I just haven't got round to it yet so yeah if you want to get out of us get out of us I'm sure you can figure it out you know the internet works it's not fucking hard uh, I think that'll do let's get on with at uh, pod here, yeah, boy.
0: Been drinking today, and I haven't even you had have, a sip. You have yet. been drinking. Well, I've, I've, I haven't even had a sip of that yet, haven't you? I've opened it, but I haven't had a sip yet. We're
1: going to have to fight for that last can. Yeah,
0: I'm driving, so.
1: Oh well, I'll have it. I'm, no,
0: it's fine. Oh, God, it's it's yours. Yours.
1: Again, early in the morning. Again, I don't want to go to. I've got a feeling I'm. I'm working in London tomorrow. And I've got a feeling I'm going to get there, and I can't do anything. I'm going to have to come home. I well, just well, can't to get paid be for fucked. I know, oh, yeah,
0: but it's a waste of time, isn't it? It's and money. Waste,
1: it's a waste of time. It's a waste of sleep. I like to have a little line on a Saturday. Like it. It I don't
0: like getting up a half past five and driving to that
1: shithole. Get get a lion. never get a lion on Saturday. Don't you? No. What's wrong with
0: you? Sort your life out. I know if tomorrow I'm going to get a phone call off someone as soon as phone they get Phone, airplane mode. They need to call me about work.
1: Work's work, mate. Got to pay the bills.
0: So, um, yeah. Anyway, so what's the show? <laughs> the
1: Iranian Embassy Siege. Oh, right, okay, cool, cool. Do you know anything about that? Have you seen it? Have you heard um, it? Have you seen it? Have you heard it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I've seen clips. Of, um, I've heard of it. Um, obviously, it's to do with the SAS going in, yeah. but no one really knew about it at the time. And no. then suddenly, they was us on telly. They went, fuck it, kill everyone. Yeah. Get the hostages out. Wicked. It was fucking
1: mental. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, yeah, like you say, it was proper, proper. Everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? They were like, what the? This is next level. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> so it's happened on Wednesday. The 30th of April 1980, a group of six armed men stormed into the Iranian embassy at number 16 Prince Gate in South Kensington in London. Uh, they took 26 people hostage at gunpoint, so it's not cool. Straight it's away, not cool, not cool. <laughs> some shit's going down. And the siege ended six days later on the 5th of May when the SAS stormed the building during what what they called Operation Nimrod. And it, like you say, mate, it was fucking... It was so mad. Operation Gimperod. <laughs> yeah, Gimperod. Operation Gimperod, yeah. <laughs> and it was because the, bro- the, um, the assault was broadcast live on TV in broad daylight in the middle of London. Mm-hmm. It was watched by all the public that were like behind the cordon and millions around. It was fucking class, mate. All around the world, people were just like, what the fuck's going on? Nobody had ever attacked an embassy in the UK. So like the UK government wanted to send like um, a message. You know, it's a very symbolic message to any potential terrorists. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is how he rolled, so to speak. So it's going to be a two-part of this show because doing it, I was like, it's it's too some like the murder ones you can you can sort of condense, but this is a lot of fine points in this that you had to get in, and the right. siege itself, like the actual storming of the building, I can't just breeze
0: over that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. You go through all the rushes, you just go. S.A.S. got in, killed them, and got out.
1: Yeah, done. End of, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's, so it's a two-parter. Um, so this week we'll set the the stage, so to speak, uh, talk about the negotiations or the attempted negotiations before we go on to the final days and then the eventual assault. So, um, yeah, at 11.30, on the 30th of April, 1980, PC Trevor Locke, he was on diplomatic duties, like protection duties at the, uh, I think it was like a doorman, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. At the Iranian embassy, he was having his morning break, having a coffee, just chilling in the lobby,
0: not protecting. Yeah, yeah, having his coffee.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You let the side down
0: if you yeah, were doing yeah. your fucking job,
1: then. Yeah, exactly. it exactly. been fine. Yeah, six heavily armed men, but bar- like just charged in,
0: screaming like motherfuckers. Doesn't matter if he didn't have his coffee, <laughs> he would have sorted them all out. Have thrown it. I'd, I would have trusted him. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just launched it yeah. coffee he, he takes down six armed men with a cup of coffee yeah.
1: fucking have that <laughs> oh my god Yeah, yeah. they, they ran in pulled, one of them pulled a gun into, put it in his face the other one pulled a I think it was like a machine gun and just went and started shooting at the ceiling that'd do it like we're serious motherfuckers do as we say and they immediately noticed he was uh, a police officer they noticed that Trevor was, was actually a copper and they jumped in they didn't hurt him they were just manhandling him because they are like that's a police officer We've got to fucking go for him first. Everybody else in here, they're just gonna be like, you know, members of staff yeah. or people getting travel visas. Chase me, chase me, that sort of. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was able to hit yeah. the, the panic button on his radio <coughs> as they were as they were grabbing him, and then they they bowled ball, him into like the lobby area and they frisked him, like frisked him, patted him down, touching his old rod a bit, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, they took took his radio because they found that, but they did a shit job at the frisk because. Um, they missed a Smith and Wesson revolver, fully loaded, that he How had on him. the fuck did miss it? Was it his ass? I don't know, mate. There's a lot of things can in I this. P- get him. This was
0: like a Band of fools, yeah. I think. It was was it um, planned but not planned? In other words, they haven't really scoped the in part. Of, well, I suppose they can't really go in, can they? But the, like, yeah, they've the, just sort of bowled in and just tried it.
1: I think they were given a lot of wrong information. Uh, they were told a lot of things that were going to happen that di- that didn't happen. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll cover it as we get through. But he had that gun on him for a full six days, the entire siege. He had a shooter in his pocket. And it, and it was like, I suppose like it was serious shit that because yeah. he was like, right, if this goes south now, if, this, if they start shooting, I'm going
0: to have to D- try and shoot, defend, uh, and then yeah. I'm going to probably end up dead myself anyway. Yeah. He didn't eat for the
1: whole six days. He was in the embassy because of that gun. No, he was, Sorry, didn't eat for six days for mm-hmm. the, whilst he was in there because of that. He had the gun in his pocket, and his, the thought was: if I eat, I might have to take a shit, and if I do, they're going to escort me, and they're going to make me take my possibly take my jacket off and see the gun. Yeah. So once he he hadn't declared it to them, so to speak, after they'd missed it, he was kind of like, "Fuck! I've just got to,
0: you know what I mean? I've got to yeah, yeah. keep it on me." But also, though, if he went full shit like three or four days later or whatever um, and he had the gun on him but do you think they would kill him or do you think they would just go thank you for not using it Probably you, you clearly know you've had it but you're still you're hostage still you know what I mean none of this shit obviously but I, like they, they'd be kind of grateful they didn't use it obviously but like um,
1: I think you're right that they would have would have done that I think they would have just took the gun off him
0: and gone get back over there sort yeah, of thing we can't trust you so I think
1: because he had it under his, his jacket He kept his jacket on the whole time And they were like Why are you fu- get, Take your fucking jacket And he was like "No, nah, <laughs> I want to put his bollocks
0: off I oh, no, yeah, It's cold said, in here
1: He said he wanted to preserve His image of, of a police officer And they were like Okay no,
0: well, no, so just, they're, not very, they're not very good um, Hostage takers And there's no demanding Of uh, yeah. stuff to do
1: Yeah they're prepared to kill 26 people
0: Get naked But they weren't really I'm going to show your mouth To you that person's asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, No yeah. you're not Yes I fucking am <laughs>
1: So after after that the groups the terrorist groups split up and secured the building like really really quickly like in minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they did know what they were doing. I suppose if you've got a gun and somebody's unarmed, you can kind of make them do whatever you want. Yeah. So it sounds like they knew what they are doing, but people just yielded to the power that they had. Mm-hmm. Someone puts a gun in your face, you're like fucking. So they rounded up everybody on all floors of the of the embassy into one big room on the second floor. Now the thing I think the thinking was it was it's harder for the hostages to do a runner if they're all. in. It's easier to watch them because yeah. they're all fucking
0: there yeah. and they can't get out. And you can fortify the building because you can have like one man with a machine gun over twenty people rather yeah. than one to each person in different rooms. Yeah, mm. initially
1: as well, they they um they put them in stress positions against the wall. You know, your hands out doing that, sitting down. Have you ever been? Have you ever tried one of them stress positions? Um,
0: no, busy. but yeah, it's, I imagine it being a good exercise. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> if you
1: can stop it, I would imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a lot of intimidation tactics going on, being carried out by the terrorists. Um, like For instance, they were, one of them was walking around the room with all the hostages in, repeatedly pulling a pin out of a grenade and putting it back in. Just going ching, ching, ching. Like, you know, so it's a fucking live frag grenade in a room. It's kind of like saying, make your fucking move. We're prepared to die here. So do as we say. What are you going to do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the majority of the 26 hostages were Iranian nationals um, and embassy staff, but as okay. well as PC Trevor Locke, there were two other lads in there. Uh, who, two, two worked for the BBC, actually. They were trying to get travel visas to go to Iran. They were like sound guys. and
0: Oh, they were just going through the process at the time. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time, basically. Yeah.
1: Sim Harris and Chris Kramer, the fellows' names were... And the police got a lot of detailed information from these lads and and they're the guys, like, I watched a, a few docos and they're the lads doing quite a bit of talking in it. And they're willing to speak, you know, they got out and they're like, well, we're going to tell you how, how it happened. Mm-hmm. No bullshit. This is what it was like. So within minutes of the group taking control, armed police arrived outside after getting the panic alarm off PC Trevor Lock's radio. Yeah. They
0: surrounded the embassy and set up a cordon. They didn't really know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. They know the panic button's been pressed, but they don't know what's going on because they haven't been able to speak to you obviously. Yeah. And they were getting reports
1: of gunfire coming in from members of the public who mm-hmm. were walking Because you can just walk past it. It's just a fucking building. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like Downing Street, you can't get close. So they gradually sort of moved in closer to the embassy, shrinking the, uh, the the cord and closing the net, so to speak, just trying to get in as close as they can. Uh, and as they did, one of the terrorists opened, like the, I think it was like the second floor window with a machine gun in, like in the middle of fucking London in broad daylight. Yeah. So like, get the fuck back, I'm going to start shooting. And that's, they were like, whoa, chill the fuck out, man. Mm-hmm. Th- that's when they realise, okay, this is getting dangerous. Mm. this isn't what we thought we were going to be. Uh, anti-terror units evacuated the immediate area immediately after that and they set up a command post, like a forward operating command post at 24 Prince Gate, which is just down the road because this is at number 16. Mm, yeah. Because the buildings that have been evacuated, it's a terrorist building, you see,
0: mm-hmm. and they're all linked. So they got rid of... They yeah, just fucked everybody out. out. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think it was an uh, Ethiopian embassy. There was like a, a surgeon's training school. There's just, you know, things like that. And they just fucked everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah, out. And they also deployed marksmen, police marksmen, on, on all nearby roofs. They're snipers, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They surrounded the building. A police negotiator and psychiatrist made contact with the terrorists at first by literally shouting to them across the road.
0: Oh, you cunts, let him go. Yeah, what's up, Mohammed?
1: <laughs> and then that was what his name was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so He was like, Mohammed, what's up? That's how they were doing, it, screaming across the road. They had no other means of communication. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm. They were like, what's happening? This is fucking next level. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And pretty early on on day one, the phone lines to the embassy were cut by us deliberately, which which pissed them off a lot. It cut them off from the outside world. And it sounds a bit like, why would you do that? Counterintuitive. You're going to need to speak to them.
0: Why have you... Because anyone can tap into it sort of thing. So they just snipped it off and then... The only way they can talk to them is through like a walkie-talkie or some shit like that. Basically,
1: well, that's that's what basically that's exactly what it was. Oh it, right, okay. It's um, it's so they can take control. Uh, that way, the terrorists can can only talk to them. There's a uh, a police negotiator who was there called Max Vernon. He said this. He said when you think about it, you have a number of terrorists. They're armed. They have hostages. They're in charge. But are they? They're isolated in a house in the middle of London. They can't communicate with anyone unless they communicate with the police. They can't even get cigarettes without asking for it. Mm-hmm. Everything they require has to be asked for. And over, over a period of time, this does have an effect on them. Mm-hmm. They're not in charge as much as they thought they were. It's a clever little tactic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But obviously, we still needed to speak to them. So negotiators delivered a army field, I think it was an army field telephone for the baddies to use. And it was literally pushed through the ground floor window on a big pole with like a like a box on the end you can see the lads like cuz this is all filmed Everything about this was, was completely. Was
0: Paul Terry there with his poles?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> so just, they just—it was all arranged. Hey, watch out!
0: That cost six grand. This pole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was—it was all arranged ahead, so no, no misunderstandings. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, we're gonna—we've cut it off to make it safer. We're gonna come across to you with a pole. This lads gonna do it, and on the end of it is a telephone. And they gave him some bullshit about it being safer to use because it can't be tapped. No one can impersonate a police officer. Or, you know, hijack yeah, the line. It's one line
0: to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: whatever. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we seem like a. A very hospitable bunch of chaps at that point. But in reality, we were lining the fuckers up immediately yeah, w- yeah. within a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. We were setting traps everywhere. Uh, before the field telephone was passed through to them, technicians rigged it. So when the phone's receiver was put down after a conversation, the call... You could hear what's going on inside. ...connected permanently. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So that way, everything in the building... can be heard. 24-7. You know what I mean? It was
0: people... You need dumb jolly with his massive phone. (laughs) Hello! Yeah, yeah. To put that in there.
1: but it was like it was crucial to find out their real reactions because mm. you
0: could speak to them so this is what we're going to do yeah.
1: and then they'll put the phone they down, put down, the down. down. Yeah, they
0: might put the phone down might put the phone and go holy fuck Mohammed um, we're in a world of shit here or they could go oh, we're just going to kill some people anyway just yeah. do it anyway just tell them we're going to yeah. kill yeah. we'll do it tomorrow yeah, ah.
1: yeah and I think probably a bit of that actually happened right okay because there was a lot of delay tactics and, um,
0: and they knew but they played long because cause obviously they kind of had to because they didn't want them to go no you said you're going to do it tomorrow and they'll be like what Exactly, how do you
1: know? Yeah, and it also effectively helped us. I mean, the building was tapped within mm-hmm. a few hours, basically, but it helped find out how many men were in the group because we still didn't know. Yeah, we could try and guess, we got like linguists into here, like, and like we could find out what weapons they had if they were talking about that loads of information. But obviously, this was uh, you know, still restricting because as we say, it relies on you being near the phone's receiver when they're talking. Mm-hmm. So at this point, other than knowing the building is under siege, we kind of knew fuck all. Yeah just, yeah
0: just a load of geezers gone in with guns and what the fuck why are they doing this full yeah. start that's the main thing and then what the fuck's going on who's in there and then all that isn't it yeah what do they want as the day progressed day one progressed it was apparent this wasn't going to was going to be They they were hoping it was going to blow over I they think they to walk out and go. Oh yeah, sorry lads. Do you know what? I was hangry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: made a, a real. B- it's
0: my bad. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. We, I was really hangry. Um, and I got some more hangry people to join me, and we got in the uh, Iranian embassy or whatever it is, and uh, got a few burgers, and we're okay now. Sorry, You can come out. We got some. I want. I want twenty Big Mac meals, yeah. and, I don't and then I'll come out with no it's fucking it's pickles. Yeah, and then, and then I'm coming out. <laughs>
1: So when it turned out this was like a major incident, the, the police deployed additional uh, marksmen b- around all the buildings, watching it 24 hours a day. They had binoculars, spotting scopes. And they were taking photos through like big telephoto, you know, they're like paparazzi type fucking mm-hmm. camera things. I, I'm looking at windows, hoping to see the faces of the people that were inside. Mm-hmm. And they also put CCTV. I mean, wh- I mean, how inconspicuous is 1980 CCTV? Was it a van? With a camera on it, the size of a fucking, you know what I mean, a sofa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a te- yeah, like a, you know, like
0: the old tellys, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just putting up a new traffic light. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's two foot wide. The screen is, but it's and it's aiming at you. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think, man. What were they? What the terrorists thinking? Trying to do this in the middle of London?
0: Are they it's insane. Probably just, um, yeah. uh, imagine it's an attention thing as well, though. That's what it's about, isn't Publicity, it? Publicity, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't realise obviously that
1: we're fucking with the wrong people.
0: Well, I think if you walk into a building, any building with a gun, the chances are, and you're firing it around to start with, <laughs> and you got hostages, the chances are you're probably going to end up dead. Yeah, it's not looking good for you. Did they think? Did they think that? Do you reckon or do you reckon they thought? Oh, we'll we'll get out, and we we'll, might get told off. But you know, what do they think?
1: Well, you're here as we get into this. Right, okay. I think these lads were not set up. That's not that's not the right word. The terrorists weren't set up. They wanted to do what they they did. But I think the information that they were given was incorrect. Okay. It didn't pan out the way they thought it was. So at 3.15 in the afternoon, nearly four hours after after taking control of the building, contact was made. I mean, they'd spoke to them before, but they hadn't, you know what I mean, physically addressed who they were, what they wanted. So they made their first demands, and they identified themselves as Iranian Arabs because most of Iran's population is Persian, not Arab, so right. they're a minority. Their leader was 27-year-old Salim Ali Mohammed, and he told police they wanted a separate, independent Arab state in the southern region of Iran called Arabistan.
0: <laughs> Arabistan? Is that still there? Uh, no, they wanted that to be... Fought. Oh, right. Oh, oh they want have oh, Right, okay. Yeah, I mean, come on, mate. It's like a comedy name, isn't it? Yeah, you can think of a Iran- better Arabistan. Arabistan,
1: yeah. The area that they wanted was called Kurdistan. Yeah. That's K- Kurdistan, or... C H U Z E Stan, all right? Kurdistan. Uh, at the area that that at the time that area produced a shitload of oil mm-hmm. for Iran um, and the Iranian government, and obviously you had like Western multinational companies coming in, and they were like, "That's that you're taking our cash because it made so much money." They were like, "If we could fucking get this area, so it's ours. We're, mm-hmm. gonna be li- we're gonna be we're gonna be with." We're gonna be minted. Countries on a fucking sea of oil. This time
0: next week we'll be millionaires, Rodney. Yeah, one yeah, of those. yeah.
1: We can make deals with Western countries and get that
0: cash, yo. That's so that twenty-seven-year-old wanted to basically do that. Um, he was doing the dirty
1: work for people. It seems. Yeah. That's the way. I mean, that's the way I see it.
0: Okay. He wasn't gonna take the country. He, he was the, the minion to the. Uh,
1: he was the freedom for. I mean, rebel. You know what I mean? The uh, the terrorist. The would one. Say. The dumb one that yeah. got.
0: Talked into it, you mean? Probably, yeah.
1: yeah. They also demanded the release of something like 91 fellow Arab prisoners, plus safe passage out of the UK once all demands.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can promise you that. There's not. You're not going to get popped on the way out.
1: They said if the demands were not met by 12 noon on the 1st of May, which was the following day, they threatened to blow up the entire embassy, taking everybody inside with them. So it is heavy shit. Mm. When Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister at the time, was told of the demands, she was like... Nah, sorry lads. The UK's not on to- talking terms with Iran, and even if we were, do you really think they're going to sign off a large do you think portion of the country? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to yeah,
0: do you think they're going to sign it off and do you think we're going to bend over yeah. backwards for you to fuck us yeah. to try and get what you want? Nah.
1: This area of the country is worth billions. To what them. were they planning? That's ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Even look, they, oh, they need to do something in Iran. To you know, to maybe have a chance well, of well, they know they just get murdered. But
1: they just get, well, yeah, but they basically same
0: shit happens. Uh,
1: well, they, that's what I mean. It seems they've given bad information about
0: us. What do, what did they think that the UK was going go, I think we should make a rabby stand. Um, we're going to come over. We're going to fight you until you make a stan well, that that's, Oil. Well, bit. That's what Thatcher
1: was saying, she was saying, look, if what do you, f- do you think they're going to give you that really valuable like area of the country just because we asked them to?
0: Yeah, you, you're gonna go. There's and, 26
1: know, hostages. They're, they'll Iran. kill them. The oil's worth Iran. More than
0: that. Yeah, we got some of. They've they're, they're in our country. Okay, it's our country. Um, in your embassy in our country. Um, and they're threatening to kill the staff. Um, and blow up a building of ours, not yours. Um, but they demand that you make a Arabistan. Um, <laughs> is that okay? We'll... we'll well, you know, we'll, we'll give each other the thumbs up and tell them, and they can have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're it's gonna as go. Simpler. You think they're gonna
1: go? Yeah, yeah. brilliant? Really, yeah. It's exactly how politics works. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, uh, yeah, about the um, the uh, safe passage out of the UK." She was told them straight up. She was like, "Nah, that's that's not gonna happen."
0: You're leaving in a body bag. That's why we said are not giving away.
1: you any safe passage out of the country. And she also said, "If the Iranians want to release your dudes in prison, that's up. That's up to them. But you're fucked." You are now, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've never bargained with terrorists. What the fuck were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. Whether what you what regret- was your
0: game here? Yeah, you dumb fuckers.
1: Yeah, she wanted a peaceful outcome, yeah, but yeah. if Puss came to shove and somebody was getting shot, she was, I mean, she openly said, kill every single one of them. Yeah. If yeah. this happens, I don't want a single one of them
0: alive. Yeah, yeah. She's a ruthless fucker, man. It was like, it's, it's like if they walked out, they would have been done and probably put into prison for life or whatever probably been out in 10 years or four years or two years as it would be now if you get life it's like you got life means like two weeks now yeah. but like um, and then they might have come out and gone oh yeah that was a bit silly That's... but but obviously she's just gone now nah. yeah if you, if you don't do this by this time or do if you're going to do what you said you're going to do you're going to die
1: yeah, they were in a bad situation, weren't they? Mm. And this is when the siege started. When she said, "You're not getting out of the country," mm-hmm. and, and, and like, if the Iranians do whatever you want them to, it's up to them. But you're not getting out of the country. This is when the siege effectively started. And I think this took Salim al Mohammed and his and his group of one. Of, you know, I'm not want to be terrorists because they were terrorists. This group of terrorists by surprise. I don't think they did their homework on the UK terror negotiations. Or, as we say... Do you think someone else done it for them and just said, yeah, it's fine, they'll be okay with it. They'll yeah. bend over and give you a rabbi stand." Higher powers led them on, and we'll, obviously we'll get into that. So whilst this was going down, hostages were inside the building, understandably terrified. Because they don't... they like, this is, you know... We've been held hostage by six Iranian terrorists. Oh, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen, do you? Shit's getting real, and we're facing imminent death. They've said they're going to blow the building to pieces unsurprisingly, when Iran was notified of the siege and the demands, they didn't cooperate. And they even said that the terrorists were hired by the UK to throw heat at Iran, effectively saying this is a false flag.
0: Mm. Not, not, not useful, is it that? No. Do you know what I mean? But what do you think you would do as a hostage? Um, My mouth shut. <laughs> do you think you would? Or do you think you'd try and maybe like, either fuck up with them a little bit and see what they do? Or you know what I mean? I D- no only idea. gently fuck Terrifying. with them. I don't mean like pretend to pull a knife out because you probably get shot in the face. But you like what, people did fuck with yeah. them as well. But but I mean, like, like you could just. I would do like something silly yeah. like this. After a while, I think after like as soon as they start knowing or speaking to me, I go, "You can see me," <laughs> <laughs> and yes. then to see what they say, and they be like, "What?" And go, "You can you can see me." Yeah, touch me. What on oh, my dick? Yeah. I mean, I mean. <laughs> yeah. To see what they do. <laughs> can see what they do. See if they, see if they, uh if they, what their reaction will be. would be either you're dead, bang, or like well, I don't know.
1: But it's interesting that you say like what you'd want to fuck with them because it, well, they, if, if, if nobody it, really fuck, well, one guy actually did fuck with them a lot. I what? think
0: I would after a bit. I mean, after, after, if it's there for a few days, I think I would have to because I'd be like bored. I'm, I'm, well, yeah, in a way. Uh, you're gonna kill me or not? Basically,
1: that's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Because
0: yeah. because I'm here. You're wasting my time. If you're gonna kill me, fucking do it, type of thing. Because yes. you know. But if you're not, then what are we doing? They did. Show what are you doing? Sorry, not what are we doing. What are you doing? They did show themselves to be pussies. N- well, yeah, but also
1: ourselves um, n- Yeah, and also cunts. Yeah, and also uh, wankers. And not the brightest people <laughs> as well. They did some fucking crazy things. Yeah. Like they just they seem to just. I don't know, man. I think the pressure was just too much for them. But usually, foreign embassies in the UK are considered foreign territories. I but I think that's the same everywhere around the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: but I think emb- embassies, they, they class it as their land. So, in other words, if if you've got a, a, a UK base or in a British base in, in, in Iraq, it's British land, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So but th- I, I don't think that's the case. No, well, it is. But, but they, that's what they say, but I don't think it is fully the case
1: no it is because the the iranian embassy in london was governed by iranian law does that mean you can hang people in there in theory
0: yeah oh cool in theory yeah so you you could get people tried in these embassies and just hang them outside like in london i'm sure they'd put a stop to it but if it's governed by iranian
1: Mm. law, but because of the (laughs) because of the comment from iran basically (laughs) saying this is a false flag because they just fucking not cause not helping Thatcher was like, you know what, fuck it. If they're being cunts, we're going to apply... We'll do it ourselves. We're going to apply British law to the situation and just kill them all because
0: well, they're I think terrorists. You I think you should, though. I think if, if someone um, does something to your embassy in uh, another country, I think they should have the right, the people who actually surround... The country that surrounds your embassy should be have have a right to do what they need to do because it's in their country. Yeah. I know they class it as... The embassy is obviously... They're saying they class it as their country, but around not, it is the yeah. whole of Iran or the whole of the UK, or you know what I mean? Country, yeah. They need to sort that out quickly. Well, because then they're not going to have fucking military there. You might have a couple of people with guns and that's about it. You know what I mean? So that it needs to be sorted out by the country surrounding the embassy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what happened. And because of British law being applied to the situation, if it kicked off, their fate was, was sealed. You know, if they started shooting... That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they knew that. Their only hope now was to come out with their hands up, mm-hmm. th- just yeah. surrender. Because you're not. G- if you try and shoot, it's not going to end well yeah, at yeah. all. So our leaders may have like posh voices, but they are ruthless fuckers when it comes to terrorism. We've been dealing with she it. Was
0: definitely was. Well. She was a bit like. Um what do you call it? Cutthroat with everything, weren't you Yeah. Oh, that's, why everyone ha- that's why a lot of people hated her. Iron fist, yeah. She, we've been dealing with terrorism in the UK for
1: a long... fucking like hundreds of years. Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the House of Parliament in 1605, for my <laughs> sakes. know yeah, that's a long yeah. time ago. And there's been well over 5,000 terror attacks in the UK since 1970. There was 122 in 2017 alone with nearly 1,000 injuries. No other country in Europe has had more fatalities uh, that year than than the UK. mm um, now, with the siege escalating and, and threats being made, the UK government had to sort of do something fucking drastic, and that's when they called the SAS. Yeah, They'd just give them a call and said, "Lads, we might have a little job for you." And uh, those lads are very familiar with dealing with terrorists. Counterterrorism is one of their is uh, one of their specialities. It's what they do five six days a week, they're training you know drills and how to for, for this exact scenario. Like take the IRA for instance, the SAS were routinely in combat with them during the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and basically keep going. Yeah, yeah. And no doubt we're going to be busy in the next few months when uh, the IRA start bombing the fuck out of everything again because no, of this the Brexit bombing. no, no. no <laughs> the new <laughs> yeah, IRA. Yeah. You mean? Here's a thought for the United Kingdom government: How about you just give Northern Ireland back? How about just, just, just yeah, just you know what? Just it's either that I'll just nuke it. <laughs> 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 right I'm not getting involved in that because the IRA are going to blow us up now
0: uh, I'm only joking Where so am I <laughs> you are
1: yes you are <laughs> <laughs> so late afternoon on day one a female hostage was became ill like quite badly ill and the group uh, I think she was I think she was pregnant I think
0: that would do it
1: and, the group, and Salim asked, asked the police uh, the police said can you any chance you can send a doctor in because we've got an ill hostage She's uh, like,
0: first a bit, bit of weakness straight
1: away and the cops were like mm, fuck you bruv we're in charge. We don't do what
0: you say. You know what I mean. You do That's what we say. That's the first bit of weakness say. that is, though, isn't it? Saying yeah. That. Yeah. 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 This is. That's it, where man. you go, right? Okay. They've already, already asking for someone to help someone inside because if they didn't give a fuck about, they'd have just gone, oh, fuck yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That the and police shot in if the face. If, police said if, this is a t- exactly, it's like, it's like a test. They said if she's if she's fucked, if she's not well, release her, you dick. Yeah. Four thirty that afternoon, day one, they released her know what I mean? Possies. Shortly after her release, <laughs> the SAS at their base in Hereford were notified of the ongoing developments and they were asked to be, fo- formally asked to be put on standby. So okay. they were like, lads, we got a fucking job. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to make a move. Yeah. And because the siege was... Bang your quote in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Quote's in. Gonna They've accepted back. the quote. Come on, <laughs> let's go. <laughs>
1: Because this siege was really public by yeah, design. Yeah. The terrorists did it on purpose. I mean, that's why they, they picked the middle of London, because yeah. there was no way that this wasn't going to be on TV. The whole world was watching, and we couldn't afford. The UK couldn't have, government couldn't afford to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Instead, we wanted to spin the situation around to our advantage and show, I don't know, the rest of the world how situ- situations like this should be dealt with. Uh, and there's been lots of botched rescue attempts you know, that leave blood on the hands of the good guys that are actually going into to help out mm-hmm. like one example was the killing of 11 israeli athletes by a group of palestinian terrorists called black september at the 1972 olympics in mm-hmm. munich i believe all 11 hostages were killed terrorism was it was completely fucked that that's a, that's an episode in itself yeah yeah, it really is but like terrorism was way
0: big in the day man back then it was i think it's still rife i mean i think the thi- the the thing is it it's whatever is important is what gets the coverage i mean you hear things of like loads of christians or muslims or whatever right being like hundreds of them being murdered in like other countries like, you know what i mean just hacked up in villages and whatever and no one talks about it exactly. it's, it's happening all the time Never it's rife ended. yeah it's rife
1: back then like um hijacking of jets was was like a favorite cuz it's, oh, like, it? it's Class- fucking mad easy Classic. isn't it you got all them people on a jet just fucking grab it tell the pilot to fly somewhere, done. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then hold them all at gunpoint. That never works out well. It It never works out well.
0: It kind of makes that vehicle in the sky there is the thing.
1: Yeah. See, the thing
0: with these hostage situations is the terrorists are always fucking surrounded. Yeah, straight away. Because they always, well, they, they don't fortify themselves properly. You know, they what I mean, they need, they need to be like SAS people. They need to go and go right, 45, We're going to take over the whole of UK. <laughs> Basically, every terrorist needs to do that as soon as they decide to do their first attack. Yeah, they need to try and take over the whole country. <laughs> yeah, you've got to do it right. Yeah, straight <laughs> away from the beginning. Go big otherwise, or... it's going wrong. Go big or go home. Yeah, otherwise, you to end up in a body bag somewhere.
1: So we will move forward to day two now. So in the early hours of the morning, with no ends in sight with the, the with the siege, it's actually escalating. A Cobra meeting was held in. Um, you know, mm. we well, buy Cobra stands for the cabinet office briefing rooms. It's where the big wigs in the government get together to discuss um, like um matters of national emergency and just come up with fucking plans, you know what I mean, figure shit out.
0: Yeah, those those uh no who sit there and go, <laughs> Nobheads <laughs> talk about Brett Sick Brett Sick. <laughs> that's what I feel like about it. Brett sick now. Yeah, that's it, yeah and all that, and you yeah, got a dilemma. Well, <laughs> I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. Me, 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 me. Anyway, let's just focus. wait again. Yeah, you know what I mean. So anyway. they had this
1: meeting in the early hours of this on the, on the second day, like one thirty in the morning or something like that. And uh, the SAS were on standby during the meeting. And the UK government decided after the Cobra meeting, we got to call them. This is a uh, this is definitely a job for them. Yeah. So they rung them up down in their base in Hereford and uh, the SAS responded and they sent two teams to London immediately they're like
0: on our way yes boss on our way oh come on oh, can you do it next week I've got a few lads on the job at the moment You <laughs> <laughs> don't think we're going to get there <laughs> <laughs> the teams that
1: they sent they sent two teams and they were called Red Team and Blue Team at approximately 1.30am
0: sounds like you know like Laser Quest yeah it does mate Red you're Team and Blue Team
1: you're going to get very Laser Quest at this except or,
0: replace lasers with lead yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. all gladiators. Yeah. Red team, you go on my first whistle. And all that shit. Three, two, one. (laughs) Sorry, I said that initially. It should should be Scottish, didn't it? But anyway, because he was an old Scottish fellow, wasn't he? He was, man. He was a
1: buster. He was. So, yeah, one thirty in the morning on May the 1st, in the dead of night, the SAS began arriving in covert small teams. And initially, they set up a forward operating base at Regent's Park's Barracks in the middle of London. But that was four miles away. From the Iranian embassy?
0: Do they do it like the you know the Americans have the FBI? Do they do it like them where they have the vans with the FBI written on the side no. of it? You like that? There's the FBI there. Oh no, mate! No, th- completely <laughs>
1: different, mate. Like the Pink. thinking was because if this went south fast, because they were sitting was,
0: like a Ford Focus or something somewhere.
1: Mate, not even that. Yeah, yeah. Because if it went bad quickly, they were too far away to to respond, so they decided to move in closer. Like, really, really close. And the SAS teams headed over to the Iranian embassy. Now, initially, they travelled by car, but with such massive press, you know, cordons around it and, p- and people everywhere. And also, the risk of being spotted by terrorists looking out the window. They did the last part of the journey on foot, fu- fully kitted up, you know, guns, everything, the whole lot, in the middle of, like, jumping fences, mm-hmm. gates. You know what I mean? In the middle of London. Imagine coming home from going out on the piss, and you're just seeing... Like, 35 SAS soldiers covertly moving through the fucking streets. You'd be like, what the fuck is going down? But that's what they did, man. And no one fucking saw them. So they did it all really clandestine, like stealth mode to get close.
0: You know I would have done? I would have done it even more. I would have done it even more blatant. I would have dressed them as all clowns. You just walk through the streets <laughs> as a clown clown convoy, just so people are like, what the fuck? And then we get close, <laughs> just kill everyone. <laughs> you go, that's how good we are. We can even get all the attention and still do our job. Yeah, <laughs> right. So the two teams
1: were from B Squadron of 22 SAS, and they had additional specialists with them. And they were armed with CS gas, stun grenades, plastic explosives, Browning 9mm pistols and MP5 submachine guns, which is, I think, the weapon of choice at the time. I'm not sure if it is still now. They weren't given golden guns. And they didn't need nothing, mate. They could have done it with the bare hands. These
0: are maniacs. You see, if it was like Bond, they would have given them the golden <laughs> gun because like, you can shoot them anywhere and they die.
1: So at 3.30am, they arrived on foot at Princess at Prince's Gate and moved into an evacuated building next door and they set up a new forward operating base. Mate, next door... I fucking love it. The terrorists thought they were like in total control, and little did they know the fucking SAS were three foot
0: away from them on the other side of a wall. I bet they're laughing, the SAS, because I bet this this as much as it's um all massive in the news and all that. They must go. These people are cowboys. We know this already because we're already next to them, and you know we're just making our own little office here, really, and working out what's going on. These people were cowboys. They must have known instantly. Well, they knew that
1: they knew that it was serious shit, and they were watching snooker. Apparently, the the snooker. And when you watch the documentaries, like the SAS lads seem to be into. Well, this particular group of them were into the snooker, and there was like a massive fucking snooker tournament going on. So they were in the room next door, three feet away from the terrorists, in like the fuck. I think it was like the Ethiopian embassy or like a you know a surgeon school
0: watching snooker. Fully kitted up, ready to go. The question <laughs> is: Was the pink, pink potted in the black, <laughs> or the brown? Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear eh? I Had um, to go that way. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's all we want to know. <laughs> 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 it's kind of from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has, it? so at this point, with intelligence about the terrorist group scarce, because we still didn't really you know what the fuck, you know. Wh- it was only coming through in drips and drabs. The SAS drew it, what they called a IA, which is an immediate action plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this basically means if the ter- terrorists start killing people, the SAS would have a, a full back basic to go. Let's go fucking plan now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not as detailed as a, as a, as a full on rescue plan. But, um, but the, I, the uh, IA was savage and brutal two minutes notice and they were ready to go. Now, because of this limited intelligence, I mean, they didn't even know what the terrorists looked like at this point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The plan was to storm the front of the building, going through the windows, through the doors, through the walls, whatever they could, and then when they got inside, deal with whatever they found, however they chose, which would have been fucking ruthless. Yeah, yeah. They they do not fuck about and You could see how hostages would have got killed then. Yeah. And you really could. They could have made the wrong move. Because
0: they don't even know what they look like. They can't tell the difference between a hostage and a terrorist it at this ma- point. it makes me think though though did the s a s lads know by that point the fact that people have been let out and everyone knows yes. they're a bit lo- bit loose a bit like bit you know not not proper hardcore terrorists so they are, but they're not yes. did they know that even if they surged a building that you know the first thing wouldn't have been killed the hostage it'd be like crying in the corner well, trying to defend themselves they they were clued up with everything as soon mm-hmm. as it came through because these were
1: they weren't there wasn't. There were people higher than, like generals and stuff. But these lads, these these groups of SAS lads, were dealing with this situation. Yeah. Okay. They were <coughs> going to be in charge. They had to be told everything. You got to remember, the terrorists said they were going to start shooting hostages at twelve noon. Yeah. That day, if the demands weren't
0: met, so this is a very real possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Now you knew do, it. You don't know what, like you saying, very little information about them. Yeah. So the chances are they they could do it. Yeah. They were ready, man. It's like a fifty-fifty at that point. Yeah, it either will or it won't. So the idea with red and blue teams was
1: to have one team at the embassy ready to go ten seconds ahead. Yep, and the <laughs> uh, other on, team on the first whistle, <laughs> and the other team would be practicing the IA and drawing up more detailed, you know, uh, rescue plans. Right. And, and they and they were at Regent's Park Barracks, and they were swapping every twelve hours. Mm-hmm. So we had two teams one of them at the embassy and the other one at uh, another location just rehearsing shit and they were swapping over. So, so It was like a double ready. We're double fucking ready. Mm-hmm. Um, ex- Early on in that morning on the 1st of May, Salim spoke directly to police negotiators and he said, all non-Iranian hostages will not be harmed. You're shitting yourself, are you? You little prick. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm not going to kill the English people. Hmm. Do you know what I
0: mean? Well, never Pollock never he's dropped. He's already dropped two.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. And during the morning,
0: surely go. I don't give a fuck who is anyone is. I'll just kill him all. Yeah. Unless we get a rabbi stan or whatever it's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean. On day two, Chris Kramer, <laughs> the the BBC guy, he became ill. It's. I don't think he actually was. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. To
0: say, like, hang on a second, did that lady just get out for being ill? Yeah. They yeah. were. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> <coughs> I'm gonna be sick. <coughs> yeah. Got a real bad headache. I oh, I can, go r- can you let me? Can you let me go? It's, it's like going go to go. work, isn't it? Trying to get <laughs> out of work early or something. You know, go, oh, I feel a bit sick. Can I go? Yeah. <laughs> and it worked, man. Anyway, okay.
1: It work. Let him out. Did they? Yeah. Well, Sim Harris. He, he was allowed to call the other BBC guy. Uh, spoke to police negotiators via the field phone, and he said, "Look, man, can you send a doctor in? Chris Kramer's not very well." And the police were like, "No chance. Not going to happen. If he's ill, tell Salim to release Chris. We're in charge, not him." So after a little bit of deliberation, Chris Kramer was released at about 11.15. Bird bullock dropped. Yeah, yeah. And he was taken to the hospital um, and he was immediately escorted by police. And he was fine. He's just going... Yeah, there was nothing yeah, wrong with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was nothing wrong with him. They just... He gave shitloads of information. Because yeah. he's Cause
0: a f- obviously... Yeah, because he, he's a reporter well, and he obviously knows everyone in there. He's Yeah. We'll so be, it helps the SAS big time, that does.
1: Trevor Locke, the uh, the cop who was on protection duties on the inside, gave him... Because re- he's a police officer... He knows how to relay information mm-hmm. specifically <coughs> more than a, a sound guy. He's going to go. What the fuck? There's ten of them. But he said, "Look, man, there's. You've got to tell them there's six guys. They've got two s- machine pistols. They've got br- three Brownings, a nose 45, and they've got hand grenades and spare ammunition. So it's really specific. I mean, that's vital, mm-hmm. especially the hand grenade, because the SAS are like, oh shit. Yeah, they I can just do like, yeah, yeah. So as the 12 noon hostage execution deadline approached, the police and SAS were ready to move. Yeah,
0: they're like two minutes before ready to do their plan, yeah.
1: Here we go. This is the first time that we've had a deadline from these boys. Let's see how serious they are. Uh, we were 100% store ready to storm the place. No questions asked. And there were many times, actually, over the six-day siege that the the um, the SAS moved into position mm-hmm. with, like, listening for the mm-hmm. go, go, go or the stand down. And they were told stand down on all occasions except one, as we'll get to yeah, 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 yeah. next week. The vital one. So it seems Salim wanted to buy time. Uh, p- probably because we didn't cave into demands as he expected. You know, he's going. I'm going to kill someone. We're like, okay, we're not giving you your demands, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're telling you, we are not doing that. And if you're going to kill, I'd him, be a great
0: negotiator. Just, just fucking kill them all right now. <laughs> yeah, see what happens. And if he goes, if he goes, um, uh, no, I'm going to kill one. I go, oh, no, kill them all now. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't mean business, then
1: yeah. So, so at twelve noon, he opened the window and spoke to police like, um, and he said, listen, I'm going to push the deadline back. Trev, <laughs> the
0: deadline's changing. He said, I'm pushing. We're, ha- we're having a board meeting and, and we've got lunch a bit later today. So we're going to do the execution a bit later.
1: All right, Trev. They said t- two in the afternoon, we're moving it back two hours. And he also changed... Ford bollock,
0: fourth bollock dropped.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He also changed the demand and he asked for a message to be aired on UK TV so that Arab leaders could see the situation for themselves. And then, they were all laughing though, weren't they? And then negotiate the group's safe passage out of the UK. They kept going on about so that.
0: So, desperately, fifth bollocks dropped there because that's kind of like um, them going, well, you know, the UK ain't going to do it, so we need to speak to Iran and hope that they will let us out.
1: That's the thing. When he started asking for for for, for Iranian Iranian-Arab negotiators. Is that begging
0: begging now, already? He's like,
1: you're begging already? You're not going to let us out? We're like, nah. And they were like, any chance we could speak to people in the Middle East. We're like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean?
0: Are you (laughs) going (laughs) to die?
1: The terrorists literally thought it's going to be a bit hectic for a day or two, and then the UK will just do what we
0: want. And let them go?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're like, don't worry about that, mate. You know what I mean? You're fucked. You don't live in the
0: real world, do you?
1: You're totally fucked.
0: You've got one brain
1: cell. That's it. So the police began to suspect... Uh, and the anti-terror police, I think more of them than than the actual the actual. No police. one was going to die. Well, they were like, I reckon this threat of blowing up the embassy is uh, is bullshit, and and also the threat of murders might be hollow. I mean, they haven't killed
0: anyone. Yeah. They're pushing the deadline. Back. And people are ill; they're just letting out. So I don't know why everyone else is. <coughs> oh shit! I've got the rin- I've got the squits. John, have you got the squits? Gary, no, Gary, you you stay here. We don't like Gary.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. Just telling me you need a massive piss. So i um, you
0: know, I think that was actually. Uh, one of the terrorist names mustafa piss mustafa piss <laughs> <laughs> or mustafa shit
1: <laughs> should we have another beer and then uh, take a break I think
0: so let's do it let's do it
1: Because the deadline had been pushed back by the terrorists and the demands had been changed, this gave negotiators more time to mm-hmm. sort shit out. So technicians were sent into the building next door to work with MI5 agents and the SAS lads, and they began drilling through the walls with
0: hand-operated drills. You know, them fucking... Oh, so it's quiet? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you don't want a hammer drilling yeah. They'll be like, what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They, they were trying old school they got the the 1912 like gear is that's stick it yeah the room. winders <laughs> Yeah. They,
1: they were trying to deploy microphones and, and make tiny holes to get cameras in mm-hmm. so we're getting closer Falls. they had no idea around 10 o'clock in the evening Salim the leader he started to get a bit agitated and freaked out because he could hear noises coming from the wall now figuring out what was going on PC Trevor Lark was like no no, no calm down lads it's just mice in the wall and the terrorists seemed to I don't know. They just uh, they believed talking. it. Yeah, but mate, it was like a yeah, yeah. noise that they were, it wasn't like a yeah, yeah. little walkie mouse. It was like yeah, yeah, cl- yeah, yeah. a mechanical device. He said, yeah, yeah. "What kind of mice you got in England?"
0: Robo mice. <laughs> Ro- robo mice. Yeah, that's why we're great. Yeah, because <laughs> that's why we're great, Britain, because of the Robo mice. <laughs> because the drilling, whilst
1: quiet, was still too loud. Cobra decided to create as much ambient noise as possible to like cover up the sound being created by the drilling and they instructed British Gas probably the biggest energy provider in the UK to rip up part of the street just around the corner and like and just basically with jackhammers and causes yeah, yeah. M- generators running, the full fucking work, as much noise as possible.
0: And they fell for that as well. Like, why? Why? why some British gas? Does someone out the? G- oh, that's okay then. They told them. They yeah, said, yeah, Oh, yeah, we've yeah. got. Don't worry about it." But th- yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's the terrorists. So that's what I'm saying. Like the terrorists are going, "What's going on over there?" <laughs> British gas are there just making, you know, there's, there's some rope with. the matter about that. Anyway, come on,
1: lads. But they they got a little bit worked up again because of more noise, and so they they said, "Look, just tell fucking British gas to stop." Tell them to stop then. And they were like, okay, right you are, lads. No problem. We'll stop. No worries. So they went, stand down, lads.
0: We'll pass the bill on to you. Fill
1: in your fake hole. So undeterred, Cobra then instructed Heathrow Airport to direct all incoming flights over the embassy at low altitude, like screaming the engines. <laughs> so every time a plane came out, of him, yeah, Wah! yeah, drilling yeah. like, really hard. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Listen, you fox, you can't beat us. We're going to get you. Yeah, it's sneaky. They're I like too it. Too isolated. They can't escape. So we're moving to day three now, which is uh, the 2nd of May. At 9.30am, Salim Alid Mohammed opened the first floor window and he was holding a hostage with a gun to the head. So should've didn't that begin? Yeah, should've <laughs> yeah. He demanded that the phone lines were reconnected so Rob he could Boo, terrorist lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was saying, look, you could... I'm got only to, messing everyone. You've got to reconnect the phone lines because yeah, yeah. I want to personally speak. He started to realise, he's like, I want to personally speak to Arab negotiators and Arab leaders. You yeah, know, don't give a shit. Because so, he wanted to say, he kept saying so we can get the safe passage and we were like, it's we're not, not reconnecting... You, you're going to die, dickheads. Yeah, we, we were like, how about I go fuck yourselves? We're not connecting the phone lines. This is not how it works. Mm-hmm. And he was lo- he was losing it mentally. I mean, he's had three days of pretty much no so he was, sleep. He was
0: told that uh, this would happen, and he could get out of it. And now he's going, "Oh, it's not going to happen." I've, I've, it's worked out now, is not he? That he's 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 fucked basically. Yeah, it's so like an ultra
1: high stress situation. It was it was sort of getting to him a little bit. So the UK government knew the only Arab country that'd be willing to talk was Jordan, but the Jordanian ambassador was like, "Fuck that noise! I'm yeah. not getting involved."
0: <laughs> You're having a laugh? It's is on telly everywhere. You yeah, I'm not going to help him. Like, no way. I'm not, yeah. There's just no way. We were like, well, oh, no way. We didn't care anyway, I don't no, think. No, it's kind of just to keep him happy and us entertained, I think. It, yeah, it's to calm him down. It's to
1: calm him down. The, the, there was only two ways out of that. It was either fucking with your hands up or in a body bag. We knew yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. If they could have negotiated him to surrender, albeit, but he wasn't going to, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Salam Salim got proper pissed off about this uh, refusal of, of the phone lines. And he threw the hostage across the room. Then he returned to the window and said, listen, you need to get me somebody from the BBC right now. And the police were like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, no problem. That'll work in our favour. So they got Sim Harris, the lad who was inside. They got his boss, Tony Crabb, who was the managing director of the BBC. <laughs> so he's like a top fucking dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Salim shouted his demands of a safe passage, prisoner release, and independence down to him. What and the fuck
0: is the BBC going to do? We've got a complete
1: right to give you free passage. Well, he wanted it aired on on the on the on the world service. Yeah, so but it was a, so, so, so someone might him. come
0: along, like some co- country might come along, and go, we'll I'll help you. Well, no, it's you so it's so know? that they
1: knew that he that way because they wouldn't reconnect the phone line, so he couldn't call home or call any mm. potential allies. So at least if you're having a message aired. Around the world on all news sources, he knows that that's going to be seen and it will get their attention. But so we did. Yeah,
0: but well, it's it's it will.
1: They'll, They'll know. They'll know. That's yeah, he just wanted get their to get them. But it doesn't mean they're going to do anything about it? No, exactly. So the BBC aired his crazy rantings that evening, but they edited it down, which pissed him off. Uh, but what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do, mate. You're stuck in a fucking building, surrounded yeah. by the SAS, but you don't even know it. You're fucked, mate. You can't get out. Now, Salim thought the group's image and demands were being manipulated by the BBC. I mean, it, really? You know what I mean? BBC
0: <laughs> manipulating <laughs> stuff? Anyway.
1: <laughs> in essence, what he said in the broadcasted message was We demand three ambassadors from Algeria, Jordan, and Iraq to start negotiating to secure the safety of the hostages and terminate the whole operation peacefully. It's like, come on, mate, you can stop this. You started it. All you got to do is surrender. Yeah. So he's still clinging on, still hoping that he can walk out and go like home and be okay. But it's, the way the way he worded that to secure the safety of the hostages and terminate the whole operation peacefully, it's as if he hasn't started it. Yeah, you yeah. started this, yeah, you fuck.
0: It's like he's, yeah, he's like he's to me it sounds like he's blaming it on the the people he's speaking to, the Jordan person, who's Jordanian. Was, and who were the other two? Well he it, didn't uh, he didn't speak to them. He Algerian wanted Algerian and something else. Yeah, and, and an Iraqi yeah.
1: diplomat, but they were the ambassadors, but and I think he's realising he's painting himself into a corner, big style. Yeah. Do you about, know what I mean? He's about to get
0: only fisted. annually fisted.
1: Proper.
0: <laughs> double fisted. Annually fisted. double. No lube. It's, it's gonna be like a Hadouken straight in there, you know, like like no other Hadouken has ever come before. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you might feel a pinch here, <laughs> one of those. So yeah.
1: So as uh, with no lube, yeah, coming. So as the days and hours ticked by, the police were hard at work still, trying to get as much information as possible about the gunmen. They actually backtracked their addresses. They found out who they knew, what militia groups they were being part of. They got clear photos of them from their entry visas, which is crucial. They also found out they were trained in Iraq by Saddam Hussein's henchmen. They traced associates and started to build a picture of, of the group and their mentality. Good old Pac-Man Pooh stone. Mate, anti-terror police even knew where they'd been shopping in London and that they'd sent gifts home to family members, they even knew what presents they'd sent home, and they knew where they'd been eating out, and they also know they also knew which prostitutes they'd been fucking in London. Oh. Seriously, mate, we just fu- we knew everything. So we quickly found out there was a seventh member of the terror squad, going by the name Sami Muhammad Ali. He was an Iraqi intelligence officer, and he recruited the squad in a uh, Baghdad, and he supplied them with weapons when they arrived in the United Kingdom. He told them. That they would be home in Iraq within 24 hours as heroes because the UK are going to cave into demands and roll over, <laughs> <laughs> I, and they fell for that. Yeah, man. As the siege is unfolding, he was on a flight country, back.
0: Not just that, but do you think any country is going to uh, do that? Some do. Some. some do you will, think they would? Some. Some will will do what you need
1: to to secure life. Sometimes the I think that the the English um policy regarding hostages and terrorism is a bit brutal it's
0: like if you get caught you but that's like it's like the council though <laughs> <laughs> god what i mean is like you know if you put planning permission to to build something and it's like one foot difference you know, and it gets rejected. You could keep going; it keeps getting rejected, right? And the reason why they do it is because they know that if if you get that, then it's going to be published, and people can have that extra foot when they go. Why why can't I have it if they if they are allowed it? So yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Well, it's not, but because it's about I was all about putting footing out <laughs> an extra foot. But you know what I mean? But not someone's life. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing. It's like it's like it's it, brutal, isn't yeah.
1: it? It is brutal. Because, like, if you're get if you in a terrorist situation, as a as a, a UK citizen, <laughs> you better hope that it fucking ends, like, smoothly, because they're not going to bargain. No. They really won't. So, anyway, police also got hold of the embassy's caretaker, and they got him into the building next door to speak with the SAS soldiers regarding the building layout. Now, during the briefing, the caretaker said that the front door was solid steel... And the windows were reinforced just like for bomb blasts and
0: shit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like security. The SAS were like, fuck, that
1: was all right. We were meant to go in through there at like a, a fucking minute's notice. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. part of our IA. No, it's
0: ruined our plan completely.
1: Shit, yeah. Apparently the SAS had advised the Iranian embassy to do that, but they hadn't been told. And the lads were like, they went, oh, you well, told us to sake, do it. Yeah, we're like, yeah, what yeah. did we? Fuck <laughs> oh, fuck's <laughs> sakes, man. Ballets, yeah. So they had, they they had to uh, rethink their plan, and they had their work like proper cut out because the Iranian embassy was a six-story mid terrace building with over fifty rooms, and it's pretty much. It, imagine trying to memorise the layout of that, and it's yeah. it's impossible to get spatially aware- awareness, which is crucial if you're going to be going in shooting. You know what I mean? So, using building plans, they built a a top-down three-dimensional model of each floor to study, and there are pictures of that. Like it's like sort of six foot long and two foot wide, and they're like literally looking in on it. It's, you know what I mean? And to, to combat complexity, the SAS worked in, in four teams, and each team had their own area to memorise. So effectively, the building was being reduced in size. Yeah. So
0: that you remember four rooms. On the third floor or whatever, and then, yeah, yeah, Gary. Your
1: first floor, your second floor, your third floor, and each team's got four people, so it it makes it a lot easier. But as well as the 3D model, they actually physically made a life-size replica mock-up of the embassy's five floors in Regent's Park barracks out of plywood, and they they practice running through each floor. Proper to scale? They made a second embassy, basically. And they were running through <laughs> it, going. I mean, <laughs> how in how f- long? In you, like, you've got to do it now. We're talking people's lives here.
0: Fuck it out. There is no. Why just can't they it? build houses? Well, it was like get those it? people to build houses. We well, didn't have fittings and fixtures. It was no, it didn't just matter. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter if they can build plywood board a house in like like twenty four hours. Or you whatever know, like it you know, fucking like, do it. You know, like you see, <laughs> like paintball shit. It's
1: like that. But it was more for spatial awareness. Yeah. Like, this room's 18 yeah. foot by fucking 12 so foot. So when you
0: are in, you're not going to, like, trip over a toilet or something. Yeah, and the door's there. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, where yeah. you're you know what I mean? So by now,
1: the police have been watching the... Uh, that's the thing, mate. Because of this because of this layout, this second embassy that b- they built, when the lads went in, when the SAS lads went in, when they stormed the building, they knew it better than the terrorists. Because the terrorists got all the people onto the second floor. and They very rarely moved around. Mm-hmm. Just for, like, just check out noises during the night. They didn't know what was on the top floor in the third room on the left. But the SAS did. Mm. They'd never even been in
0: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Do you know yeah, what I mean?
1: Yeah. So the cops had been watching the building for three solid days and nights with spotting scopes, telephoto lenses. And they were making detailed records every time they saw somebody move, like in a window, every time they saw a baddie. Yeah, they go, Dave's there. Yeah, they were They were looking at what they were wearing, facial features, and crucially, what weapons they had. Now, because of the paranoia that the terrorists were under, which it would be, because you're in a foreign country... And it's
0: three days of of this siege thing going on, it's going to hit you, isn't it?
1: The terrorists always carried their own guns with them at all times. And most of the guns were 9mm semi-automatic pistols, but they also had two 7.65 Scorpion uh, machine guns, fully auto, right? They can shoot 850 rounds a minute, which is pretty fucking brutal. And uh, at least at least one frag grenade. Mm. So that's the fucking scary bit. Yeah, everyone's you know I got I mean? a grenade, yeah. That worried the SAS because they knew that in the event of an all-out assault, speed's going to be of the fuck, it's going to be the winning factor. We've got to yeah, be yeah. quick. Because mm-hmm. all it takes is a pin and a drop. And, and that, everyone's in shit creek. We've got a fucking real bad fucking yeah, mess. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So they reckon the weapons were smuggled into the UK using Iraqi diplomatic bags. And it seems like to me like they're not. Are you not fucking checking that shit then? Because they're diplomats. Can they just. I mean, these guys had some serious weapons, unless these bags were massive. How the fuck did they, did they just. Do you not okay. check them?
0: Do you know what I'd do after all that though? I'd just close the embassy down completely. I think it was closed until 1993 after the SAS fucked it up properly. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't allow them backing me if, if they were. Diplomats are walking in with fucking. Guns and all that, I'd go no, well, sorry, ir- it wasn't, sorry, it was It was
1: Iraqi diplomats that supplied them, that group. Oh, so Iraqi
0: for Iraq, Iran, um, yeah, in yeah. the Iranian embassy. Yeah, yeah. so it wasn't the
1: Iranians' fault, they no. were just like, What the fuck's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, just watch it on TV with a bucket of popcorn, so laughing, close that one down. So, so by now, a clearer picture is starting to emerge. You know, we've got photos of the terrorists, we've got a building layout, a physical fucking replica of it. Yeah, we know their weapons. We're listening to conversations through bugging. They know what the hostages look like and how many there are. So it's a real like it's the murky mist is starting to part, and we can see the big picture. You know what I mean? They even had clear photos of each terrorist's like a mugshot from their visas, and underneath the pictures, a okay. list of what weapons they had. Oh right, okay. So because, you, yeah, yeah. because the one. coppers were taking photos and going, "That geezer there always has that weapon with him." Yeah. So on the wall. In the uh, embassy. Go, net- he's in- got that, I did. Yeah, he's got fucking that, that, and that. So when the SAS went into the building, yeah, yeah. they recognise him. He's a terrorist.
0: Gary's got an Uzi.
1: And he's got fucking four grenades. Dave's
0: got four grenades and, and I don't know, handgun, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, we were so clued up. It's matter to me. Ma- I mean, anyone can, I say anyone, all countries can do this. It's not just, you know, I'm not sucking the UK off here. Mm. Yeah, elite forces around the world. We're going to cover elite forces around the world. Uh, in next week's episode. Okay. But it's fucking great that that each country has these um these type of... These soldiers, these small... You, you know, need them, though, don't you? Yeah, man. You do need them. So we're going to move into day four now, which is the 3rd of May. I mean, there's so much to this. We are skimming the fuck out of it, but... Yeah, yeah. We've got to. The terrorist demands from the previous night were aired by the BBC, and they actually watched it inside the embassy, and it didn't convey the message that Salim wanted, and he, he was obviously pissed off. And had a moan that he had been edited. He fucking moans all the time. Don't need this fucker. He's really? moaning out the window. Can you get this? Can you get that?
0: I've got a poorly one. <laughs> <laughs> can you send someone in? <laughs> no, you can have him then. He's poorly. I don't want the sick anywhere. So I like this <laughs> carpet. <laughs> this carpet's nice. I want some of this. Can you get me some carpet, please? And he's down to my <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. A bit peckish, in not <laughs> Yeah. I'm getting very hungry now. Hello, Mackie's. Aren't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at 6 a.m., following, watching the, um, the, the edited version and getting pissed off. He'd obviously spent the whole night pacing around. First thing in the morning, he's opening the window and he's screaming at anti-terror police officers, saying, get me the f- a f- an Arab ambassador. I don't care where they're from. They've just got to be from, you know, in the Middle East. He wanted to speak face-to-face with a diplomat, thinking like the UK authorities were lying to him and changing his message. Like, he was, he was like, does anybody even know what the fuck... Is going on because he felt utterly
0: useless because he, he couldn't. He wanted to put his point off, but having um, what a, 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 what was the country called again? Arabistan He wanted a rabbit, but none of that was mentioned or anything like that. Yeah, so he, it's just that they're just there being throwing their shit out the front basically to us. But he really, thought, yeah,
1: he thought he'd have full communication and mm-hmm. he's sitting there. He can't, the only people he can talk to is the police and he knows that they're like they're not lying to him. But well, yeah, they're fucking they're deceiving him. And he's like, does anyone even fucking know, man? But do you not even know what we're doing? You know what I mean? And that's like, that's the plan, mate. We don't
0: actually care, to be honest.
1: Part of the tactics, son. And police negotiators were like, uh, we're arranging the meeting with the ambassador right now. And Salim was like, I realise what you're doing here. These are delay tactics. You know what I mean? Mm. You're taking too long. Uh, mm. and uh, they said he was like stop taking time and get him here right away and they're like we are we are but it's just going to take time to get the ambassador he was like taking time what do you mean taking time what the fuck this is an international terrorist incident mm-hmm. you get them here
0: immediately you see if I was a negotiator I would have gone <gasps> <sighs>
1: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, he will be here in a minute <sighs> so I'm a bit tired yeah. just just divided him up a bit but
1: because they were saying well the amb- you,
0: have you killed them all yet yeah, yeah. You just, k- if you did kill them all it'd just be over then
1: yeah, for you son <laughs> yeah. because this, the ambassador wasn't getting there he, ch- he changed his mind again and said look fuck it get me Tony Crabb from the BBC I want him brought back to the embassy right now you're not going to get an ambas- ambassador. So get me the fucking managing director of the BBC immediately. Police are like okay, no, that's going to be a great opportunity. Well, police are like cool, no problems. We'll get him ASAP. Nearly ten hours later, at 3:30, Big Tony arrived. They just fucking tested Big him, mate. Tea, you know yeah. what I mean? They were testing his nerve to see what type of a man he really was. And in a way, I think uh, they were like, go on, fucking shoot someone. We're giving you the option to do it now because you want you want Tony Crab here immediately." and we're saying we're getting in here as fast as we can. I think so.
0: I think it's another, another way of going, you know, how how, how long will it take him to shoot? And if Ten hours goes, they go, they're not going to kill anyone. I here think, we yeah. go. Here's our chance now. Or well, the chances of doing what they say they're going to do are very slim. Each yeah. each minute that goes by, it's getting slimmer and slimmer. And if 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 you, he's getting frustrated and he's going getting frustrated, you think he'd go, fucking kill one but he's not so Big Tony arrives and again
1: a, a statement is shouted down police agree to broadcast it they're so like okay we'll do it we'll broadcast this completely unedited everything that you say as long as you agree to release two hostages immediately Salim mm-hmm. was like okay no problem and they were like you fucking sick Bullock dropped yeah they were like we know what you, you we've got you we're fucking working you out so what he did is because um, he I mean, he's got no choice mate they're isolated as fuck I mean, this shows that anti-terror cops
0: a hell a lot about his state of mind mm-hmm. at this well, point. The, yeah, the newbies weak, clearly. And, He's and released about eighteen thousand people. <laughs> the terrorists actually let the
1: hostages figure out who was going to be released between them. They didn't even say you out and you out. It was like oh, th- you, you can figure it out. Yeah, because they knew this. Because when the people come out, but surely
0: that's a bad idea though as well. Because they, they, they they'll all look. Obviously, they might have desperate ones going. On. Me, me, me. But you you go, right, which, which person's got probably the more information on everything going on here? <laughs> well, they you know let, what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, they let a um a pre- another pregnant lady out. only fucking everyone Everyone's pregnant all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? Don't, don't blame you. I'd be fucking pregnant too. I'd try that card if I was in there. Yeah. And they also let out a bloke for no other reason than he was really bu- a real bad snorer. He was, it, it was pissing the terrorists off. They're like, just get him out, man. <laughs> Listen, when he told the coppers, they were like, this is this not going to end well yeah, for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, They've really shown how much pussies they are.
1: So the whole time this was going down, the terrorists had no idea the SAS had surrounded them. They really had no idea. They were totally oblivious, as, as well as the world's press. And and no the one public. knew
0: about them, though, did they, they properly?
1: No. So they didn't have a clue. At 11 o'clock that night, the 3rd of May, on day four, uh, under the cover of darkness, the SAS began moving around the roof of the embassy looking for entry points because mm-hmm. then their consensus is getting closer. Mm-hmm. They took panes of glass out of skylights and unlocked them from the inside before putting the glass back in so they knew that the lights were open. They were like taking the lead flashing off
0: to make sure that yes, yeah, we can get through that window because it's open.
1: Well, one of the lads said he was trying to lift it and it wasn't opening, so they just fucking popped the window out, put his hand in, and he went click. Opened the lock, lifted it up, and he was like, we can get in now. He said there was a bath beneath me. I was looking down at it and I thought I could just lower myself into the embassy now and fuck them up, but we can't. Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? They were raring to go. And they were also um so they put the glass back in, left it open. they were like, that's the one we can go through if we need to. They were fixing abseiling points to chimneys and getting ready for like um, and like securing rope ladders that they were going to launch off the edge. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a recon of the actual area. That must have been fucking mad in the middle of the night. S E S lads on a fucking roof, moving around. You
0: know what, what I mean? Good adrenaline rush, out yeah, would be. Yeah,
1: yeah, lining up the terrace, going, this is fucking real. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. is fucking real.
0: We're just, And we're not even going in yet, but we're going to, we're going to basically break entry without actually breaking entry yet. Yeah, they don't know it, but we yeah. could
1: fucking be in the bill. I could take yeah, a yeah. shit in that toilet yeah. and they would never have a fucking clue. Yeah. Should have done it, flush the toilet and got back out and see if they were, what? what's that noise? <laughs> so, um, there was actually a really tense moment that night on the roof. One of the SAS lads stepped on and broke a roof tile because it was really quiet, because all the areas was was, was evacuating. It sounded like a gunshot, like a big old crack, as you would imagine from this this slate tile. Really, really fucking loud, echoed around the place. And the soldier was desperately waving at the police officers on on to the adjacent road. That was Roos me. And pointing at his boot, going "Fucking no!" Because they were lining them up. They yeah, thought it yeah. was kicking off, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he was like, "No, no, don't fucking shoot! It's my fucking foot!" And they were like, "Okay, mate, we got you." Right. And uh <laughs> you know what I mean? How fucking yeah. close is that? Yeah. And and then and then um. And then they would head back down into their forward operating base, let everybody know about the their, their new entry points on the roof. <clears> and <throat> then they'd slightly tweak their plans that they were going to carry out and... I think that's where we're going to leave it for the uh, for the first part. And then the siege begins. And then the siege begins, yeah. I didn't know where to fucking leave this because I'm reading like a bit. I'm like, fucking hell. I man. think
0: that's a good uh, a good one for people to go, what, you dickhead, carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I if they're still listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're probably fast asleep or something, you know, after their pot- probably pint of vodka or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, man. There <laughs> we go. So next week, we're going to concentrate what we'll do next week because that sort of lays the... Lay of the land for regarding the siege, who the fellas are. I mean, mm-hmm. you could go fucking it, went into like the political background of what they want, but it te- you get a rough idea what the fuck's going on, who they are, what they want. The SAS are next door, they've fucking got bugging shit in, they've
0: worked out how to get in, but they're not doing it yet.
1: So next week, we'll have a look at who the SAS are, where they, when they formed, you know what I mean, previous examples, all that shit. We'll go into the last fucking day and then what caused the siege to actually kick off basically and then obviously we'll go into the raid Ooh. and what fucking happened
0: it's, I can't wait yeah. I can't wait
1: can't wait on the edge of my seat I am
0: <laughs> very much on the edge right then I'll do it <laughs> yes uh, robots4eyes at gmail.com if you want to email us Um if you want to talk to us on social media or anything like that just type us Robo- robots4eyes in on Google and it'll come up with everything and just mostly probably drop us a message on Facebook that's probably the best way to get a hold of us really Um, yeah hope you enjoyed the episode
1: and uh, we'll see you next week then slags have
0: a good one (laughs)